Are you one of the many couples who began your relationship in what we call the high octane or honeymoon stage, but now life has you wondering, where did all that love and connection go? Hey, if this sounds like part of your current story, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. We want to help you experience God's best in marriage, a relationship that is stronger, deeper, and more exciting than ever before. So meet my wife and co-host, Stuart Anderson. And he's my husband and co-host, Dr. David Anderson. It's time for you to become the heroes of your marriage story. So let's get started. everybody and welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the four pillars of a strong marriage or staying with the red truck theme. We want to name the four wheels that Ah. you need to keep on the road at all times. Yes. And speaking of the red truck, we are seeing so many red trucks in stores and in gift catalogs, like carrying that Christmas tree in the back. Oh yeah. We have a lot of red trucks around our townhouse and they're They're just great reminders to us to keep our marriage a red truck marriage. And maybe we should talk a moment about why we call this podcast the Red Truck Marriage. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's been a while, and I know many of you that listen probably didn't go all the way back to last Valentine's Day during our launch and listen to the trailer about where the red truck name came from. So the Red Truck Marriage... It's about delivering the good stuff to our spouses. So one day I'm driving down the road to my office and I see a bunch of cows running in this field. So I'm going down the road. I see them and I'm like, you know what? I need to pull over because I've never seen this many cows (laughs) run in a field like all together in my life. So I pulled over and I'm watching these cows are running from their right to their left. And I'm just kind of checking it out. And I look way over to my left and I see this red truck. The guy pulls up to the gate of the field. He gets out of his truck. He opens up. He pulls in and closes the gate. And you guys, these cows just ran completely like all the way to this red truck. And they stopped in this semicircle. And this guy, he gets out of the truck. He goes to the back. And I'm watching him pull these bales of hay out of the back of his truck and then breaking them all up like on the, on the grass there, right there in the field. And these cows are just like checking him out as he's doing this. And then he goes back to his truck. He gets another bale and then another bale. And then he gets these bags of feed and he's pouring it into these troughs. And then all of a sudden it hit me. These cows that are waiting so patiently, they were hungry. (laughs) Like that's why when they saw this truck, Every day, pulling up to the gate, regardless of where they were in the field, they began to run toward him. Now, you may say, David, like, what does that have to do with a podcast, a marriage podcast for that matter? Well, folks, it has everything to do with a marriage podcast, because here's why. Those cows, they were hungry for the good stuff. They were hungry 
for those very things that like give them life. And in our marriage, it's things like love and compassion and patience, empathy, kindness, respect. You get the picture. Like I believe with everything that I have, that these are the things that our spouses are also hungry for. And when they see us and when we're putting that good stuff in the back of the truck, the love, compassion, and all of that, they will run toward us in marriage. There is no doubt in my mind because all of us want that stuff. Oh, I love that story. And you're exactly right. You know, David, that's really the story of our human condition. We are Mm. all hungry for the good stuff. And we're drawn to people when we see that in them, especially when it's in our spouse. So let's start talking about those four pillars of a strong marriage. That sounds great. So here we go. Um, Now, listen, some of these may surprise you. Uh, You folks may have already come up with some of your own pillars of what really, really works for you. So these are just the four that we believe are the four cornerstones for a marriage that is truly one that is strong and and deep in intimacy. So number one is play. (laughs) Like I think play has so much to do with a strong marriage. Couples who play together, whether it's spontaneous or planned, seem to live more closely connected. And listen, the big key here is being intentional about choosing this playful spirit or a mindset and then doing it consistently. Listen, laughing and lighthearted competition is good for romance. I don't care what you say. I know that this kind of play is good for romance. Uh, It certainly is in our marriage. Think about how often you intentionally plan playtime with your spouse. I'm talking to break away from the mundane of household responsibilities or that daily vocational work. I believe we all need more play in our marriage. So what kind of things fall under the umbrella of play? I think number one is games, like playing games. Uh, This one's one of my favorites because I love to play games. And most recently, (laughs) I love to play bocce ball or especially when we go to the beach, you know, we take that game and David and I, I think we're on the same level of being competitive. And, and, you know, he, he wins sometimes, but you know, love keeps no record, and but I win a lot. <laughs> yeah, I so. will say we probably are about the same level of of competitiveness. Yeah, but I think you're a lot nicer <laughs> in your competitiveness. I think so too. Now, our daughter and son-in-law they love to play cornhole, and I will just admit right here that they are the family champions. Yeah, well, but. They also know that David and I are the family champions at bocce ball. Yes. And you know what? It drives them nuts. (laughs) But we all have so much fun doing that. So this also includes this play thing. Uh, it, It includes exercise activities, things like hiking, which Stuart and I really, really enjoy. That's one of the one of the reasons 
for moving to the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, taking a selfie by a waterfall. Oh, like yeah. we did that the other day. We we picked this. Uh, we have a really cool uh, map. It's called All Trails. If an you, app, yeah. Yeah, it's an app. Did I say a map? Map, yeah. Okay, well, it has a map in it right. as well. But there's this app for your phone, and I totally recommend it, called All Trails. And if you're into hiking, you can download this app. And in your area, it goes by GPS, there are all these trails that you can do. And you get reviews and all that stuff. Well, we picked one the other day, and, and it was it was a at least moderate, maybe a difficult mm-hmm. because it was really steep. But and it took us a few hours, but we went down in this this valley and there was a running stream and a waterfall and all oh, that. It was gorgeous. It was unbelievable. And we spent a little bit of time, probably ten minutes, getting just the right <laughs> selfie. Now I was all about the first one we took. Right, right. <laughs> but Stuart, you know, she's one of those that like, nah, nah let's do it again. Let's yeah, do it again. It worked out. It worked <laughs> out. Okay. You're that was a message of let's move on. Don't talk about me like that, David. But um, you know, it it does mean doing things that you both enjoy. And also you can have the spirit of playfulness. Now I know a couple who enjoys playing tennis together. They love that. Um, even going to the gym for Stuart and I, um, you know, it's really cool for us. It, it gets us out of that rat race. You know, David and I have a tradition uh, to go to the gym together on New Year's Eve. Now, it's just fun to be... They think we're weird Yeah, it's now. fun for us to be there when no one else is there, but it just really helps us to start our year. I mean, we we love working out, and we just think it's an important move, but also there's nobody there on New Year's Eve, and so we yes. have to have the gym. So hopefully you, that'll work out this it, year. You know, and I want to add this too. It, it's, it's not just about like having this playful spirit, because even that can be translated in a lot of different ways, but... You know, in some ways, I think when we're out on the trail, you know, we'll have conversations and sometimes it can be like just conversations for ourselves. It's, right. It could be really romantic and, you know, it, it, it just breathes life, I believe, into our relationship. Right. Right. Um, you know, other things are like going to concerts. Stuart and I love going to concerts because we love very, very similar music. So doing that in the road trip to a concert uh, is really cool for us. Um, I think a lot of times play involving friends is really, really important. Yeah. And and let me say this, for those of you with children, whether they're grown or not, it's good for them to see you play. Mm. It communicates the friendship that you have with each other. And if you have younger children and your family has a game night that you do regularly, then you are way ahead on establishing this pillar. So just make sure that you and your spouse have your own life of play. No question about that. And I I just, golly, we probably made that number one because I think it is one of those things that really, really brings energy to our relationship. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to pillar number two. Well, for number two, you all may have guessed that we would include this next one in the top four, and it's prayer. And we're talking here about the power of praying together with your spouse, especially. Mm. So why is prayer such a major part of a strong marriage? Well, number one, prayer changes us. When you turn your hearts and your minds and your words towards God, especially when you have physical contact, like holding hands with your spouse, it can change you both. 
No question about In an that. instant, you know, you can have the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about in the last episode. You can have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Hmm. I mean, a life of prayer with your spouse can change you both. It can just set the the mood for the rest of your day and your intention. And when done consistently, this will change your marriage. Mm. It's just such a powerful act. And it's one that David and I try to stick to, to pray together every morning. That That's a great word, Stuart. Yeah. It really is. And number two, and this one, of course, is really big. Prayers get answered mm. and they bring calm to your marriage. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Mm. You are so right about that. I think it does bring a sense of calm to marriages when they when people pray together. Um, you know, it's very difficult, if you think about it, to feel an animosity towards your spouse when you pray with them. Right. <laughs> I think another benefit is that it centers us on what we believe. Now, I know we have people in our listening audience who say their faith is maybe not very strong or perhaps it doesn't even exist. We want to encourage you to investigate the possibility that there is someone out there close to you who is bigger than yourself. Um, Listen, to be strong as a couple, we must grow spiritually as a couple. And to me, spiritual growth will always include this investigation. That is, two hearts who are seeking the truth. Because when the struggle comes, which it will, we need to practice that faith that one you believe in, because without it, I believe we are more inclined to give up when that struggle comes. Oh, that is so true. I I really agree with the way you're explaining that. Investigating or, or seeking truth as a couple is just, that'll give you, give us resiliency to just run the race, even when things get difficult. Yes. And you know, the other thing about prayer, Stuart, is that it's an intimate act. Like, remember, intimacy is about the depth of, com- of I was going to say communication, but really it's the depth of connection. That's really what in- intimacy is. So when Stuart hears me pray, she hears the depth of my mind and my heart, those things that are heavy on me. Um, or when she hears me giving thanks, she becomes aware of what is bringing me great joy in my life. Listen, here's the point. She becomes privy to those things due due to praying together. When we pray together, she now knows. Like, that's the essence of intimacy. Oh, yeah. Those are great moments, too. It's all true. I, I also want to mention that it's very connecting when we pray out loud over our spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, pray for something that our spouse needs. Like just this morning when you knew that I wasn't feeling 100 percent, 
you prayed over me, and I really appreciated that. You're welcome. Mm. So let's move to pillar number three. And I know this one may surprise some of our listeners also. <laughs> yeah, I think it may. Our, our pillar number three is solitude. We all need times of solitude. And why is that? Because to be a strong couple, it is so necessary to maintain our sense of self. And I want to say that again. To be a strong couple, it is necessary to maintain our sense of self. See, solitude is much different than being lonely. Because loneliness is a destructive state of isolation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about solitude. See, solitude is a state of being alone for the purpose of self-reflection. It's where our creativity becomes alive. I, I believe that that is really the whole point of solitude. Our hearts and our minds come out. We need this solitude so we can continue to breathe on our own without becoming too enmeshed or dependent on our spouse. I call it having the strength to stay in our own shoes. David, you know that I agree with that wholeheartedly, but I know that there are some who are listening who will say, well, what about this two becoming one flesh in the scripture? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. You know, I think that scripture is more about how we are to treat one another, not being joined at the hip. I call it one of the great paradoxes of the scripture. You know, how do two people become one, yet remain individuals. You know, Paul in Ephesians, he says it this way. And by the way, listen to his point about how we are to treat one another in marriage. Here's what he says. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. I mean, let me say that again. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. And then he goes on to say, and I love this part, uh, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is the great mystery. <laughs> this is the great paradox. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So I say it again. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So, listen. This two becoming one is not about losing your sense of who God made you to be, this unique person. It's more about loving and caring for your spouse as though you were loving and caring for yourself. It's two of the same. I love how you explain that because I know there are people who read that scripture mm -hmm. and will walk away from it because they don't know how to process it. But when you use the words mystery and paradox, then that tells people we're not the only ones. That's exactly right. And, you know, I, and, you know, we're not theologians on this podcast. It, we 
attempt to discern God's truth, just like the rest of the people uh, out there who are investigating. But I really do believe that this two becoming one is not about losing yourself and becoming one person. It's becoming one body, but remaining individuals. And that's so important for a strong marriage. Right. And when you focus on the, the words love, it's about how you love one another. Mm. That just makes it more clear for me. Exactly. And by the way, when I'm loving you, this is a key, key point. When I'm loving you, it's actually because we're one, it is a form of loving myself. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. So getting back to the solitude, I think it's important that we help protect each other's need for some time alone. You know, for those with children, getting solitude is just so difficult. Yes, it is. So it may mean that you have to lovingly push each other out of the house and take turns covering the kids. Mm. We talked about how to do this in episode 13, how to protect your spouse's sacred time. Mm. And you know what? That would be a great one to go back and listen to. It definitely takes one another's help to pull this off with kids. I want to mention something else here. Oftentimes people will ask me, does Stuart travel with you when you go speak somewhere? And I say only when she is speaking as well. See, I think it is good for us when we're apart from time to time. I've noticed that you've done some of your best content creation when you are in the house by yourself. And I don't take that personally. I, I know that you become creative in your solitude. Um, you let me know, though, that when I get home, that you've missed me. But I can also tell, Stuart, that you're generally recharged and renewed in some way when I'm away. Well, you. you're exactly right. And you know, we didn't used to do it that way. I used to travel with you a lot, but now... Even when you weren't speaking. Right. The, the chance to be alone just recharges me and gives me time for clarity and strength, especially, you know, when we've been focused on nurturing and growing our marriage together, there just comes a need for solitude as we've explained it here. No question. So let's talk about the fourth and final pillar of a red truck marriage. All right. I know this is one that you particularly resonate with. Well, it seems like I resonate with all of them, of (laughs) course, but this one I really do. The last pillar is service. I refer to it as spreading the goodness. You know, couples who serve others together create a special kind of bond. Mm -hmm. It cultivates a true sense of partnership. And the service can come in many forms. It can be a mutually agreed upon financial support for someone. Uh, Maybe it's helping an extended family member or adopting a family in your community who needs help. Um, It's recognizing that there are people outside the bubble of your marriage or family who need your time and your resources and your love. Yes, it's, it's a way of supporting and actually celebrating other people with your spouse. Mm. I feel like it draws, draws us closer to each other when we work together to, to impact the lives of others. You know, when we get to be a small part of bringing some change, some mm. positive change to someone else's life, it just brings us joy. It brings joy to our marriage. It does. Because it's part of living God's best. 
you know, we're driving that red truck outside of our marriage bubble. Yeah, well put. Well, as Jesus said, there is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friend. So those are what we believe are the pillars, the four pillars to a strong marriage. I hope you found yourself resonating with them as well, just like we did and continue to do. So now we want to give you a call to action because you've heard us say this before, without some kind of action, there is absolutely no opportunity for change. Yes. So the first thing that we'd like for you to do is to write these four pillars on a sheet of paper, play, prayer, solitude, and service. And then on a scale from one to 10, with 10 being the highest, give yourself a rating of how much you integrate that pillar into your marriage consistently now. Yes. And secondly, we want you to invite your spouse to do the same. Have a conversation about how similar or different you rated each pillar. And then finally, decide on a pillar that you would both agree to be more intentional about cultivating. How would you go about making it a priority? Talk about that. And here's an extra credit assignment for you. We want you to consider joining our Red Truck Marriage Facebook group. All you have to do is put that into the search, Red Truck Marriage, and let us know about your success. We would love to hear from you. Yes, and it's also a great way to hear what other couples are doing to navigate God's best in marriage. Bye for now. 